Hello, my name is Adam. Hi, my name is Bridget. And, and we've, we've never, never seen, seen heat. heat. That was good. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Fine All Watches. As you heard up top, we have Adam and Bridget, and I'm Johnny. Um, and today we are looking at 1995's action, drama, thriller, cop drama, Heat. 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 Yeah, we are back from our mini vacation, so apologies for no episode last week, but well rested, back at it, and we're ready to sit for three hours of this movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> So all good things, hopefully. I hope so. Yeah. So you guys are in the hot seat, in the heat seat. We're yeah. in the heat Ooh. seat. The hottest of seats. The hottest of seats. The spiciest. Uh, so the seats are heated. I'm going to go clockwise here. I got Bridget to my left. Uh, Bridget, why haven't you seen Heat? I I don't know. Maybe I it just. It's a movie, like, it came out in 95, you said? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. For some reason, I thought it was later, but I don't know. That's a, a point in my cultural knowledge where everything would have been Disney, Rugrats, you know. Now the, and then. Now and <laughs> then, basically. Spice World. Spice World. Um, so... At the time, would have missed it, and just never got around to it. Really, I, I think it's my excuse all the time. Um, never had someone who felt really strongly about it, and was interested in watching it starting right around when we started this podcast, but knew, you know, oh, I gotta, gotta, I gotta save this one. Yeah. So, here we are. So to Bridget's left is Adam. Yes. <laughs> he has not seen Heat as well. No, I have not seen Heat either. Why not? Um, honestly, like it was, I think I put this one on the list because it's on a lot of lists of like movies you have to see, action movies you have to see, movies with stars at a cast that you may have missed or need to see. But I don't know a single person that's ever been like, what? Heat? Never. Like I can't think of anybody that's ever been like, oh, it's top my top five or top ten. So I just think it was one of those things where, like, I didn't know a lot of people who would have made me watch it. Despite the fact that, like, it is widely regarded and everybody who has watched it loves it, I just don't think I know a lot of people who have. And so I think I've seen maybe, like, a clip of it. I feel like there's a big shootout scene or something that's been played a million times that I've probably seen or was based on a real-life thing that happened that they kind of recreated a little bit. Like, I feel like there's one of those in here maybe. Uh, but yeah, I just, I don't think anyone in my circles has ever been like, oh, heat, you know, right. You got to see it. Like, I yeah. know it's a big deal and I know the cast is amazing and it's on a myriad of lists, but I just don't know anybody personally who is like, oh my God, you have to see it. So you have to tell me why you haven't told me to see it since you are the only person here who has seen it. Um, I don't want to get so much into my critical view of this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say why people reach out to others about this movie is because you have Robert De Niro mm -hmm. and Al Pacino mm -hmm. in a movie together 
First one. Where, first one. Well, no, first one they on were screen, correct sure, because yeah. they were in Grandfather. Grandfather, <laughs> Godfather, yeah, grandfather. grandfather Part Two sounds like a hoot. They were, bad, they were bad Grandpa Two Point Five. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the Part One sounds like, like fun, but Part Two. The like I'm imagining the Godfather theme, but like played by like a organ grinder monkey. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's the like like on an accordion. Yeah, right. well, wasn't De Niro was in a movie called like Bad Grandpa or Grandpas or something like that? Like I know there's the Johnny Knoxville Grandpa one, but then there was like. It's like him and Zac Efron. He's like, hey, I'm, oh. a, I'm a bad grandpa. I'm a rude dude. I mean, like, I know I he, that's a movie. I know that he has been in a ton of movies where he plays an old dude that might have a lineage of people below yeah. him. Yeah. Um, like Meet the Fockers or yeah, some yeah. other that shit. But no, so Godfather Part Two they were in, uh, but they never shared uh, screen time because they yeah. played in different time periods. There was no point. That would just it wouldn't have made sense. No. Anyways, so this was touted as. The ultimate reunion, or not reunion, but yeah, face ul- to, a face off, if you will, yeah, of two heavy hitters, it's like the Expendables of its day. Correct. It's like we got everybody you'd want to see in a movie, and we put them in there together. Right, right. It also is very notable for a scene you mentioned a little bit of, which I won't get into, but is famously just a scene you have to see. Yeah. With a good sound system, and uh, not like on correct and crank it. Yeah. It does have a lot of other. Um, good uh, actors and actresses in this, mm-hmm. and I don't want to. I met, I name dropped one earlier, but I'm not going to say it again for people listening if they they don't want to know. But yeah, we'll get into why I think I haven't shouted at people to watch this movie. Okay. Um, later on after we watched it, but um, I will say I am excited that you guys haven't seen this, and I can un- also understand why people have not watch this movie despite being told to because of its daunting running time mm. which i think it's 250 it's 250 which i would make it the longest movie i think of this podcast i believe so yeah um so we'll be trying to knock out a few of these epics over the next few months we have a a, a stockpile of two thirty, two and a half hour plus movies i think yeah we'll work our way up to the snyder cut like or extended lord of the rings trilogies. something like that <laughs> yeah one 12 hours but yeah i mean sidebar it is a shame that some people despite being told to watch a movie and they see that they're like oh i have no time for that because it is again we won't get into it but there's a lot of great movies that warrant that length and we'll see if it does justice for you guys today it also doesn't seem like the type of movie that would require such a long run time correct a cop Mm -hmm. drama about like robbers and thieves and you know whatever like that's what i know the extent of what i know about it besides the trivia question that i remember from the movies of what oh, okay. was the first on-screen movie uh, and i thought it was grandfather too but it wasn't it was, it was <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like you wouldn't think that a cop drama like this would deserve a three-hour running time because normally it's like a tight 90 minutes is all you need they're robbers they're bad guys they want to do a heist the cops want to stop them doing a heist and there's not a lot of interplay that you really need i mean we watched uh Point Break, which is, again, a cops and robbers story, essentially, and that's a concise two-hour affair. You're adding an extra hour onto that. That seems way more daunting than if you were going to just watch a three-hour movie right. that was like a period drama or something. So you're like, oh, you got to introduce characters, you got to get backstories, you get all this stuff. I don't need that in a cops and robbers movie. I just need bang, bang, bang. Like, yeah. That's that's all I'm looking for. I can't say there's a bunch of unnecessary skydiving scenes in this uh, movie, but... Um... <laughs> 
I think you'll see that a lot of it propels okay. the movie. So, so Adam talked a little bit about what he knows about the movie. He may have educated you quite a bit on that, but um, anything else that of, you know about it? Uh, just one other big player who I know is in it is Val Kilmer. Mm. Okay. Um, but he's on the poster. I but he's on the well. poster. Right. I figured out like safe to safe to spoil him. Cops and robbers. I understand. Um, Michael Mann. Pretty, too. Michael Mann. Michael right. Mann. That's... So we can touch touch on a little bit. Do you have any movies you've seen of his? Any? I want to say he. I know he's produced gotta... a fair amount of television too. I think. Yeah. Let me go through. And I should have done this beforehand, but I think he's done. Last of the Mohegans, right? Which yep. is a movie I've seen right. a hundred times, probably. Um, Manhunter, which is technically the first appearance of Hannibal Lecter on the silver screen. Um, Thief, I've not seen, but I would like to. Yeah, he he has an, an oeuvre, if you will. <laughs> um, oeuvre. Uh, Public Enemies, I think is his most recent... Black Hat is his most recent. Okay. I think that's the uh, Thor is a hacker, right? Yeah. Chris Hemsworth is a hacker. That's what. Chris Hemsworth. Okay. He also did the one with Tom Cruise where he plays a hitman. Collateral. Collateral. Collateral, correct. I was about to say collateral damage, but that's the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm. Yeah. Which I don't remember the plot to. Yeah. He did Ali, which I've never seen, actually. Yeah, I don't think I've seen Ali either. That's a Will Smith, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, that was like his big, I think that was like his big first Oscar thing, Will yeah. Smith. Because he'd only done like the actions and the comedies up until that point. And then right. he did, that was like his move his, into his the His Cinderella dramas. Man. Yep. He also, he also uh, executive produced Miami Vice, the TV show, and then made that weird gritty reboot of Miami Vice yep. that no one watched or liked. Right. <laughs> right. But, so he's got his, his fingers in that. And Public Enemies is the John Dillinger one, right? With Johnny yeah. Depp? Yes. Okay. Yep. yep. I remember wanting to see that at the time, and then was like, eh, I, I don't have enough of the energy to go see a Johnny Depp movie, so I did. <laughs> that was it's a movie I got as a bootleg. Ooh, that's how badly you wanted to see. I went the other way. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but just it like appeared in the home where I was living at the time hmm. on a so, flash drive. <laughs> on a, no, on an actual disc. Oh shit! Wow. And it was absolutely recorded by someone on their phone or something like in the theater type of bootleg so i remember that more than any of the content of the film i have seen the insider i think i watched that in high school oh the insider was good or yeah that's the one where russell crowe takes on big tobacco correct that is a good movie yeah i I think i watched that that in high school in health class or something to be like oh cigarettes are bad watch this r-rated michael mann (laughs) right 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 (laughs) Nice. Yeah. You just need the loosest connections to show a movie in a school. Right. <laughs> Send the permission slip home that says you're allowed to watch R-rated movies because not everyone's 17 yet. And, <laughs> and then we can show you... Yeah. You can watch Oh, yeah, yeah. Reg- Reg- like, like, they showed us Requiem for a Dream in health class for, like, to scare us to not take drugs. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it made me just want to, like, watch more artsy, cool movies. <laughs> and shit like that. While taking <laughs> and drugs. And like, yeah, drugs. While taking drugs. <laughs> yeah, sometimes those backfire. They do. I remember we watched a movie about acid, and like everyone in the documentary was like, "It's amazing. I've never had a bad trip. It's the most fun I've ever had at anything I've ever done." And the health teacher was like, "All right, it's just, never mind, never mind." Yeah, right, right. It's like you guys seen Walk Hard. 
Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, so it's like where he's describing cocaine. He goes, I think I kind of want it. <laughs> no, you don't want it, yeah. do Makes it like turns all your bad feelings into good feelings. <laughs> it makes sex even better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't want this. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I... For me, like, Michael Mann's, like, collection of stuff, like, this is, like, the one that I think of immediately when I think of anything that's yeah. to do with Michael Mann. And I do remember being fairly excited for Public Enemies because I think it was, like, one of the bigger ones coming up, coming after on the heels of Keyed and I think the Tom Cruise one. But I also remember being, like, really disappointed with it because I, that was around the time that I was in college, I think, that that Public mm-hmm. Enemies came out. Nice. And... Uh, I was really starting to like understand the aesthetics of movies and like how you should shoot it depending on time period and this and that. And that whole movie is shot digitally and handheld. It's like it took me completely out of the movie. It just doesn't feel of its time whatsoever. It, I suppose, it looked cool. Like all the, I, I like that time period, like the twenties and the Roaring Twenties and all that shit. And, but yeah, but it seems weird to make that the decision to make it digital and right. Yeah, it just was, it was just bizarre. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I have no doubt that he is going to achieve what he has set out to achieve. Based on what I understand the movie to be. It's my impression of Michael Mann. Like, Got it. This is someone who knows how to do an action movie. Mm. Right. And do it. In an elevated way. He does visceral very well. He does like very like kinetic. Like the sequences where like, a lot of shit's going on, it's it's done very kinetically, but in a good way, if I can say that. Because there are movies by like Tony Scott, like Man on Fire, and other ones where I'm thinking of where it's just like it's so chopped up, like finely edited that it's just it's a headache to watch, and it's like you don't know what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's frenetic think, instead of kinetic. Correct, frenetic. Yes, yeah. um, but this has a lot more clarity. Uh, to it. Um, but as far as like the people in it, are you fan? I mean, I don't know. If, have we had we seen Robert De Niro Al Pacino movie on this on the show so far? I don't think I, so. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, big fan of Bobby D. Right. Um, that's right. Both both love Goodfellas. Yep. Uh, Al Pacino. I enjoy in some performances. I like it when he can be restrained. Um, but even when he's chewing the scenery, it's still enjoyable at times. Yeah, do we do the over-under on the amount of hoo-ahs in this movie? <laughs> I, <laughs> very good poker face. Yeah. Yeah, no, no comment. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Val Kilmer we talked about on the Tombstone episode. Mm-hmm. Right. Great. So good in that movie. Yeah. Yes! He's Dude, so good, he's good in that movie. Yeah. So, feel good about that. I understand we may have some some supporting actors coming in. Yes. Who mm-hmm. will round out. Give us a, a full-bodied recipe. Right. If you will. Yeah, it's nice. You know, a three-hour movie, give me a lot of other characters and mm-hmm. things going on. And not just focus completely on a couple of characters. Yeah, because that would obviously make it way shorter if it was literally just Pacino and De Niro and then cops. Right. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of De Niro as well. I've probably seen more movies of his than I have of Pacino. Uh, I don't know why. Just never really got in. Never really got into 
Pacino movies all that much. I'd have to look through the, the list to see which ones stood out to me. Obviously, Grandfather, Grandfather 2, and Grandfather 3 uh, are the... <laughs> <laughs> you almost had me for a minute. I'm like, yeah, yep. Classics. Yeah. Yeah, absolute classics. All good stuff. Uh, I like the first one the most of those three. Yeah. Um, and, like, young Pacino in that is just way more understated than older Pacino. Um, mm. so it's it's not nearly as like in your face about it which is good because uh, i think especially because like that's a that's an impression everybody like every comedian has of pacino and it becomes almost like a caricature of himself so sure. it'll be interesting to see how watching that will be impacted by all of the people i've seen do their version of pacino and may, many of those impressions could come from his performance in this movie because it's one of the bigger ones where he's Maybe more animated or not. Listen, I will say he doesn't deviate much from (laughs) you know Pacino to be. Um, It's very much Pacino. Mm. Very much. Yeah, but I like De Niro. I like De Niro's work in in comedy realms where he's gone in. Like, I love the Meet the Parents. Yeah. Meet the Fockers. I didn't see the third one. The kid. uh, That's Meet the Who. It's Little Fockers. Oh, Meet the Little Fockers. Yeah. No, it's just Little Fockers. Oh, okay. We've already, we've, all, we've already been... We met. We've maybe. met. Yeah, <laughs> we've met. Um, but I remember being Oh, like, have hey. we met? <laughs> I remember that being like a turning point of he can do like more than just gruff gangster. I mean, we all saw this, but what did you guys think of The Irishman, the most recent combination of all these guys being there together? Harvey Keitel is the strongest. Hmm. Out of that group, but the, out of yeah, that group. even though he's um, only in it for a little bit, but yeah, and at, there's stuff going on in that movie technically that takes me out of the movie itself, sure, and is hard to yeah, the de aging and all that, the de aging and you know all the hubbub around it, you know, like just yeah, it's a movie I heavily admire and. I like watching that movie like on a Sunday doing laundry. Like that's a, that's the type of movie it is. Yeah. Cause it's sort of episodic in nature, but it does sort of, and we'll talk later on about why even maybe this sort of coming together of heavy hitters is necessary after this one. Hmm. But yeah, I, I listen, I, I really liked, I, I really liked the Irishman. Irishman. I'll say that, but I will say that first half where they're attempting to do something with him digitally for a long stretch until he catches up to his own age is hard. It's a hard mm-hmm. thing to get past. But then, like, that latter half of the movie is just some flawless shit going on there. Yeah. But, yeah, so I think that's... have there How many movies have they been in together? Just so... <laughs> no. Like, on-screen connections, so not counting... There's another one. There's another one called out. Righteous Kill. Thank you. That's oh, I That I, I don't have any more... It was wrapped. I never opened it, never watched it, and I think I sold it with a box of DVDs. <laughs> it was a bonus. It was a bonus. Okay, this never before yeah. opened copy. Of you get a bunch of film. DVDs in the next medium of Blu-ray. <laughs> wrapped. That's how much I don't want this. That's how much I don't <laughs> yeah. want it, yeah. But yeah, I think that was more than just like an excuse to get those two guys together. And that yeah. came in between this and the Irishman. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, anything else you want to let us know about or any other thoughts or expectations, Bridget? I'm expecting to be thrilled and have a good time. Okay. And I'm excited for a big shootout, hopefully. Yeah, same. I, I really hope it doesn't drag. Like, I hope that because it's action-oriented that there's a good pacing to it just because of the runtime. But I'm excited for the uh, 
like that kinetic nature of his filmmaking and for some reason i remember reading that like action movies after this kind of try to ape and imitate this so it'll be yeah. interesting to see kind of how this may have changed perspectives on things or what other kind of styles i noticed were taken from this movie yeah we'll talk like technically there's some things that he sort of like revolutionized yeah. and said like this is how you should be doing it yeah, and it's a like lot of people action. correct yeah cool um but yeah i i listen i let's it is a three-hour movie there's action in it, but let's hope the story and the things in between the meat of the movie mm-hmm. uh, carries you guys to the credits in good fashion. Yeah, hopefully. So, cool. Well, then what do you have to say for yourselves? Fine. Fine. I'll, I'll watch, watch it. it. back <laughs> uh we have just finished watching heat bridget adam you guys were in the hot seat in the heat seat uh how is your temperature i'm very hot right now <laughs> Ooh, okay um with a fever or a fever. okay got yeah. it <laughs> adam i liked it okay it was it's a half an hour too long it might uh, be a half hour too long uh and there's some stuff that i would definitely cut but I was, I mean, I was along for the ride from the get-go. I was very much in it. The score keeps you in it. it it's amazing. Because it, like, it's tension when it needs to be tension. It's jovial when it needs to be jovial. It's sexy when it wants you to know right. sexy stuff's about to go down. Um, but, yeah, I was, like, I was in it from the, from the get-go. I enjoyed all of the characters for the most part. Uh, and I enjoyed the story they were trying to tell. Again, for the most part, not everything works. And we'll get to it, but... But yeah, overall, I was I enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. Okay. Yeah. Um, it does work as a kind of sprawling epic. There are some bits that I could take or leave, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, Storylines, characters, focus pullers, mm-hmm. I guess you could, you could say. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I, I get why this movie is acclaimed in the way that it is. It was engaging and thrilling from start to finish, I would say. You're very invested in our two leads and and their friends, I guess. And the whole time you're just like, oh god, please just get on the fucking plane. Just get on the fucking plane. Just get out of here. What are we doing? 
yeah, I feel very tired now. Yeah. And yeah. That, like emotionally tired. I'm like, oh, you could just go on the plane. <laughs> Which I guess is kind of a testament to the film itself, just because like we, you know, we were invested in it, but it also doesn't really go anywhere that you're not expecting it to go. Like it's, yeah, right. It pretty much is exactly how you think it's going to go after like the 30 minute mark mm-hmm. where all the, once you're introduced to all of the characters, you're like, oh, I know how this for the most part plays out. Uh, there was a couple things where it's like, okay, that was maybe a little bit of a change, but it does kind of follow a formula as it were. So to, to sit here and be kind of drained from the tension and from wondering what's going to happen to these characters, even when you kind of know what's going to happen is a testament to how well it's done and how well it's produced and how all the pieces kind of come together to make a really cohesive thing. And it doesn't feel chintzy and it doesn't feel predictable, even if it kind of was. So that's, that's good at least. Gotcha. It didn't lose me halfway through going like, I know how this all plays out. It's fine. Uh, how is this for you? When's the last time you saw it? I don't know that we went over that beforehand. Like, is this something that you revisit often? Or does the runtime hold you back on that? <laughs> this movie's very frustrating for me because I enjoy a lot of it, but I also, every time I think of this movie, I think, oh, all those awesome scenes, and then it's also, like, a huge slog for me, to be mm-hmm. quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I... No, to answer your question, I don't revisit this one often yeah. because of the running time, because of all the fat that is on this movie. Yeah, it's a lot of downtime. Um, because of sort of the bizarre interlude scenes, if you will. Mm-hmm. Some of the relationships are... it. You can tell it's not Michael Mann's strong suit. Yeah. That what's happening, like... But all the action and the tension are first rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're brutal, but yeah, I just, I can't, every time I think of like, oh, I want to watch a heist movie now, Yeah, I throw in the town, to be quite mm. honest with you. Like, even though this is like when people think of the, like a heist movie, they think of like this, or maybe like Inside Man, because I know that's on, a, on our list to watch at some point. Your point breaks, you know, your... Point breaks, correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just for a heist movie, it just doesn't move at a clip that I wanted to. No. And it holds me back from really revisiting this movie. Like, I don't... I can probably tell you I don't know when I would ever possibly fully sit down and watch the movie again unless, again, I was on a podcast where others had not watched it and they wanted to. Specifically Um, showing it to someone who wanted to see... Correct. A De Niro Pacino movie or a Michael Mann's best kind of thing. You know, like, if if whatever his next thing he comes out with, someone's like, oh, man, like... I haven't seen any of his work. How is he? Be like, all right, clear your schedule. We'll go go to it. There's just not enough there for me to convince myself to sit down and watch it solo. Yeah. Again, for whatever reason. And that makes sense. Yeah. But it, everything is like, the acting is great for the most part. Yep. Um, I like the way it's shot. It just, and the sound design is impeccable in this movie. We'll get to that. But, yeah, it's just it's exhausting. I don't like the way it's shot. Oh, you don't? No. It's it's so claustrophobic because everything is a sternum up shot. Like I felt like I was up Al Pacino's nostrils every time he was on screen. Like every time every time that isn't like a sweeping vista or like a shot of the like exterior of wherever they're going to be. Right. It's a close up and it's too much. <laughs> like I wanted some more like two shots or some more like, you know, 
mid, yeah, yeah. mid range things, but everything is from like clavicle like, up. Yeah, all like medium flow shots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so it just felt very claustrophobic. Like, can we just can we take a step back? I don't need to see his pores. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's the 4D restoration. I think we're just like in it. Right. We're so yeah. close. <laughs> yeah. But that was a unique visual style that kind of irked me a little bit. <laughs> the rest of it, though, like the stylization and the like, the look of it is great. It's I don't I just don't like the got it ninety percent close ups. <laughs> Didn't like the framing. Yeah. Especially because with like the letterbox, maybe in the movie theater it was more impactful, but with the letterbox on the TV, I felt like we were we only had half of the screen to work with, and the and like Al Pacino's face was cut off at the top and the bottom <laughs> a lot of times. Right, right. But you know, it's yeah. a nitpick. So, what do you guys think of like the opening scene, the opening heist to sort of set the tone? So fun. It's great, right? Oh my yeah, it's good, and it was, and it was nice that it wasn't like, oh, they're they're, you know, picking off an armored truck, and they're just gonna go steal gobs of money. Like, it was cool that they were looking for something different than Particular, that. Particular, yeah. So that was like, oh, okay, well, what are we looking for here? Like, what is, well, what is this? It's not money. Normally, you just see like, all right, stuff the duffel bags filled with money from the armored car. Yeah. Not, I'm looking for a very specific mailer. <laughs> right. Which I'm still. What did they? Was it bonds? What did they steal? Some sort of bonds. It's bonds. Yeah. Bonds, baby. Bonds, baby. That later they then try to sell back and get, like... See, that I like the fact that it wasn't money, but the subplot that that triggers, I don't like at all. The whole Will, William Fickner, Van Zandt oh, right, side yeah. plot is just like, I don't need this. I like the squaring off of Pacino and De Niro of cop and criminal. Like, I don't need weird money laundering... You know, finance bro who's got... Henry Rollins is his best friend. Yeah, who's got all next Henry Rollins, like, his <laughs> beck and call. Like, the, the square off at the uh, the drive, uh, the drive-in drive was cool. Like, that oh. was a fun little, like, yeah. sequence or whatever. But the whole, like, the whole subplot of it was just like, no, no I'm good. Yeah, three hours, you kind of get a few subplots. Yeah. yeah, and that's one of the things that, like, if I were to cut things to get that half an hour down, that's yeah. probably one of them. I don't think you need the other guy coming back around in lieu with this, you know, in league with this guy. He could have just gone to the cops, you know? Like, he could have just ratted them out when he knew what the score was. It, yeah. it was weird that he even knew what the score was because they hadn't really talked about the bank job when he was still part of the crew. Right. So it was weird that he even knew that anyway. Is it him who knows it? He doesn't know it. Well, he that, knows... They he... tipped him off because they were looking at a bank. Like, that was the tip that they gave, that Henry Rollins gave, because he got it from a uh, swastika tattoo guy. Does swastika give it to them, or does does he tell them where to find Trejo, and then they beat it out of Trejo? Oh, maybe. That's where they get okay. the tip from. So gotcha. you sort of need that. Yeah. yeah. That's my understanding of okay. how the information... Which... You can get it another way if you want to. Yeah. yeah. That's like, the thing. Like, you could make it so that way just, like, the cops pin Trejo down and he, you know, squeals to save the girl or whatever and doesn't. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you could have Swastika guy acting as a lone wolf trying to get revenge on the crew. Like, you don't need that extra person. Yeah, you could have done, yeah, you could have had, like, Sizemore flip or something like that. Like, Tom Sizemore's character or something. Yeah. You know, because he's got that family he needs to protect. Right. They all have that family. Yeah. Except for Except Genero. for Genero. Yeah. But yeah, that was the one. That was like the big major subplot. Where I'm like, eh, not really. This isn't doing anything for me through most of the runtime. Like, it was cool that it did come back around, and I figured it was all going to culminate. But sure. 
during the proceedings, it wasn't as enthralling as the rest of the stuff with the main crew. Right. But the first heist itself was cool. It is really cool. I like the hockey mask and all the way they orchestrated and everything. It's really mm-hmm. cool. That's a, that's a make or break moment in a heist movie. It's like, what is their disguise? Like, we get the presidents in Point Break. Like, what is their, like, their costume? And the hockey mask was good. And they were all different, too, which I like. They weren't the same Jason-style mask. It was like Jason 1, Some Jason 2, black Jason or whatever. Trick. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, the holes were different for everything, so it gave, like, a, a unique look to each person, which I thought was cool. And the going in and being, like, we're going to steal the ambulance, and we're going to get the ambulance uniform, mm-hmm. the EMT uniforms, and we're going to have all of this laid out, like... I love seeing it go well so that then we can see it really go sideways. Later on, yeah. Later on, like, oh, no. Um, I don't know. The music is great. Mm-hmm. It just, it's really intense. Mm-hmm. I remember even in college, I honestly remember the last time I tried to show someone this movie was in college. It was my girlfriend at the time, and I and she couldn't get through the first half an hour because it's too intense for her. <laughs> she said, we have to watch something else. <laughs> but that's something more lighthearted, please. Yeah. And like, if you can't survive this, you're not going to survive what happens in like an hour and 45 minutes later. Yeah. No. And no neither neither are my neighbors, so it's yeah. probably yeah, a tough return of like... I know, I'm glad the house was empty for that scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Non-stop magazine clips emptying into civilians and police cars. Yeah. Oh, it sounds so good. Yeah. It sounds yeah, yeah. so right. It's so satisfying. It is weird seeing cops just like running through the street ununiformed with, you know, machine guns and shotguns and all manner of tactical gear. While there's also, like, beat cop officers who aren't wearing, like, black jackets. They're not wearing anything. Yeah, they got six six shooter revolvers. Yeah. It's, just... it's a weird dichotomy of, like, wait, why do those guys are armed to the teeth and then you got Barnaby Jones over here? <laughs> <laughs> just with his little pistol. Yeah. He says, please stop. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, even from the get, like, the guns sound different in this movie. Mm-hmm. They don't yeah. sound. Like, that's what I was going to get to when I was mm-hmm. talking about pre-show. That, like, what they did technically with this movie is, like, really make it sound like loud like what a gun sounds like and not like a pew pew yeah Yeah. ting ting ricochet yeah i was glad there's no like fake silencer sounds at any point like they were never like all right we got to be cool when i'm killing william fickner it's like no blam blam like particularly in that big set piece in downtown la like Mm -hmm. it's coming off the side of the buildings and everything it just sounds so cavernous and people Mm -hmm. are screaming it just that sounds great okay i i'll probably go home and watch that again yeah (laughs) um Oh, yeah, that, that scene with headphones. Yeah. And it's great, too, because, like, the bullets hitting the concrete sound different than the bullets hitting the car sound different than the bullets hitting the windows and all that. So, like, each time something new is hit with a bullet in this, it has a unique sound. So it's not always just the, like, pop, 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 and right. then, like, a thud, thud, thud in whatever. Like, if you closed your eyes, you'd be like, car, building, human, glass. <laughs> right. Yeah. In a lot of movies these days, like, cheat cheat a lot with the special effects they add muzzle flashes there's no recoil with the gun there's none of this stuff and i'm sure people are more educated now more now than ever with the whole thing with alec baldwin yeah. you got like these sort of videos of showing how prop guns work and things like that but i mean nowadays it's like even they digitally add the bullet holes and things in cars and things like that and yeah. here it's like glass breaking things are breaking mm-hmm. bullet obviously it's, it's not bullet holes it's charges or whatever in yeah. the car but it still it looks the part yeah Sounds the part as well. It sounds the part as well, yeah. I believe they did a lot of like training. Oh yeah. Like to 
be able to shoot and and do everything in the for sure real i think val kilmer posted a photo of him like summer of 95 and like just him and like a couple of crazy looking dudes and some very large guns <laughs> yeah. like no shirts smiling oh yeah val kilmer walking Shout out, out, out to with, them, with them smiling with them sunglasses <laughs> oh mm-hmm. my god yeah and i love even like de niro's like the way he's clearing the streets going like a couple here and then a couple there and right. like a couple over here like it was very tactical so like clearly they did a lot of whether it's i mean it could have been a stunt double it was from behind but no right but we're very far away from like, the predator like mowing down a forest with a minigun yeah exactly situation. it's not yeah. just like a sweeping motion it's very much like what you see like military right. training videos of like couple here then Conserving 45 ammo, degrees yeah. couple here 45 degrees and like that gets you your full you know, 180 spray, sure. essentially, but you've just conserved half your magazine. It's funny to even use the word conservative yeah. use of ammunition in that scene, but... True. But that's essentially what they were doing. Right. Roughly how long is that scene? Probably like 20 it's minutes. It's probably like 20 minutes, something like that. From from from, from the bank, from like that, the, the, the music going all the way until oh, like that bullet in, into, yeah. into Sizemore's head. Yeah, it's probably like 20 minutes. It's great. I, honestly, that's it. Could have been fattier. It, I could have like fatty, could've, yeah, that yeah. could have been. I could have. Well, for a second, I thought that was five minutes of it. Well, for a second, I thought because like we had a hiccup in the streaming when we were watching it, and we're like, all right, we're only halfway through, and we were just getting to like the bank setup thing, mm-hmm. and part of me was like, is the last hour and a half of this movie going to be Deep. this shootout? Because I'm here for it. Like I, I would absolutely love this to just be a through line and continue on for another hour. Yeah. <laughs> Let's shoot our way to LAX. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't need the chase. I don't need the, we got to get a second out. I don't need any of the cleanup stuff. Just keep shooting. Right. Just keep right. running and shooting. Yeah. But yeah, Tom Sizemore catching one in the forehead was rough. Yeah. Good on Pacino, though. It was a crack shot. He hit him it square was. right between the eyes. Right. Didn't while the holding the kid. Yeah. 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 Perfect stuff. One bullet didn't even need the you know the semi auto <laughs> switched just, it off just got him one right. one right between the eyes and that's what I love too is the music goes right all the way up to the car and then stops the minute the gunfire goes and the gunfire is the thing that carries mm-hmm. the mute like takes over the control yeah. it's but it's also yeah. a movie of great quiet moments like really yeah. really good quieter moments particularly like when they're doing like the reconnaissance or what they have to do to sort of dismantle the wiring for the bank. And there's that exchange of looks where they, De Niro hears something in the truck and they're surveilling him. Oh yeah. 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 Yep. Well, that wasn't the, in the, in the night vision and he's looking yeah. back at Pacino, but not really, but he is. Yeah. yeah. That stare down was great oh, because right. you get both De Niro's face, Pacino's face, and then the night vision, heat vision, like, whatever camera they were using right. so it's like three people staring staring at it's each so other. good yeah and i love how in that like night vision mode you can still see de niro's goatee oh yeah it's so <laughs> pronounced so yeah. you can still tell that it's him and not just like it's not just a great blob yeah yeah. you know like it's like no no no, no. he's it's got the goatee that, it's yeah, de niro. just so italian american you know yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, that was what the, the jewelry heist or the gem heist or whatever they were going to do like in between yeah. to get the money to buy Secondary, the bank plans. Yeah. yeah. Which like, I know Pacino let him go because he was like, eh, it's breaking and entering. Like, what are we going to get him on? But it's like, dude, they they had screwdrivers like buried in a vault door. Like, I think that's enough to put him away on more than just 
breaking and entering. Like you right. just go in there and you're like, we caught them in the middle of a burglary that's got, and they're, it's high tech and what they're trying to steal is definitely worth enough for the felonies. Like this isn't getting busted down to a misdemeanor with any decent lawyer. Right, yeah. right. Like this is LA, man. Come on, you put people away for way less. Right. This isn't three strikes for these guys. Like they all have rap sheets a mile long. Or what do you call them? Jackets? Well, yeah, yeah. The well, the jacket, the folders are called jackets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they got a two inch thick jacket. Yeah. And you're telling me that catching them in the middle of drilling holes in a vault door isn't enough to put them away for more than six months? Right. No faith in the legal system, Pacino. <laughs> That guy was a fuck up. The one who just kept making noise and talking on the radio, and ultimately the one who. Sits oh yeah, behind. yeah. It's like, dude, what are you? Is this your first day? Right. What are you thinking? I know. That Shush. Would be me. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> that would be me. In that kind of situation. Do you have any chapstick? Yeah. Like, <laughs> just trying to like, like, oh, I can't get the gun to be comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Accidentally so dark goes in off. here. Yeah. Why is it dark in here? Are you guys hungry? <laughs> Ordering if I, pizza. Yeah, if I if I order food, is anybody gonna go on yeah. anything? Yeah. <laughs> it's good takeout. Yeah. <laughs> is anyone in the mood for spare ribs? Yeah, spare ribs. Yes. Yes, like Popeyes. I was kind of sad Pacino didn't like deck him or something or like tear him a new one right. for for blowing the uh, for blowing the coverage there. All right. He didn't really beat a lot of people. He just more he just verbally beat them. For the most part, he beat Henry Rollins pretty good. Oh, true. He did kind he of throw him through that the glass window. window. That's yeah. true. Henry Rollins does get his shit handed to him. I feel like he beats up one other person too. Maybe he wanted does. to beat up Ralph or whatever that guy's name was for watching his TV, which was great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Ralph. I'm trying to think of all the confrontations he has. But when he's talking about Val Kilmer's girlfriend's ass or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the most passionate moment yeah. in the yeah. whole film. Yes. And he's doing the hand gesture. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Look how big this oval is. Like, you already know what he's going to say, like, eight seconds before, because it's just, like, this volcanic buildup. I wish it was Gene Hackman in the role. <laughs> as I'm saying this, like, right. his yelling doesn't do as much for me as maybe it does for some people. Because the volume changes too up and down. Like, it's a roller coaster of, like, quiet talking and then yelling. And then right, right, right. And then yelling, whereas Hackman would have just been yelling straight through. Yeah. Hackman would have kicked the door down and then fucked Ralph up on site. Yeah, oh, yeah. What are you doing on my futon? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. TV's Although I, going through the window. I love the description of, like, you can stay here and fuck her and her ex-wife's postmodern technological wonder. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. is a good line. <laughs> That is a good line. That's great. Yeah. Because that place is wild. It has like the brick mirror. No one lives in a fucking normal house in LA. No. No, it's all it's all. Yeah, even Robert De Niro's graphic designer girlfriend lives in like a a a sweeping ludicrous architectural digest fucking (laughs) on a bookstore. Yeah. Hi A D, let me show you my six thousand square foot fucking penthouse. Oh uh, yeah, I just rent this thing above sunset. Like it's yeah, no yeah. big deal. Like no, it's a giant fucking studio and Yeah. You're somehow able to afford it at a bookstore right. employees part time salary. Yeah. <laughs> Less tiny record stores pay top dollar record labels pay top dollar for graphic <laughs> design in nineteen ninety five. But yeah, that's like the one thing I don't really care for in the movie is the relationships. It just, it, they either move too fast, they feel awkward, they don't really... The wife, the one with um, Al Pacino's wife, 
Yeah. That one's okay. That one's okay because it's it feels lived in. It feels... It's a little familiar. Because it's, it's, it's familiar. It's, it's a cop, like, you know... A cop's wife kind of yeah. thing. You got to share me with your work, this and that. Yeah. I get it. I didn't hate the Ashley Judd Val Kilmer no, relationship. The, I think the best developed it and is. most yeah. realistic. Yeah. That's the strongest one. I don't understand Amy Brenneman wanting to be with Robert. Like, you're together a week and you just watched him mow down half of downtown LA with machine guns. Right. While robbing a bank. And you're just like, let's go to New Zealand. No, babe. What are you doing? Every He gave dude, you several outs. All these silly women <laughs> hopping on flights two weeks in a row. Right. Adam is pissed. No. You cannot do this, ladies. <laughs> Take the time to get to know the man before you go running off to foreign places right. with him. Talking to you, Meg Ryan. Yeah. Amy Brenneman. <laughs> <laughs> the early 90s women were too right. trusting. <laughs> Much too trusting. Um, there's an element in the beginning that swept off the feet of, you know, met this person, go to his crazy house, have, in theory, good sex. Yeah. Don't expect to see them again. They come back. It's this still this whirlwind. But the second you see that dude on the news, yeah, you're out. It's yeah. You're out. And then if he shows up in the middle of the night, at your place, at your yeah. place, drinking seltzer or whatever. Yeah. I don't get the sense too either that she's totally committed. There's like she is clearly frightened by all of this. She's like a 22 year old college post-grad yeah. or whatever yeah. yeah no like i get the fact that she's scared when he first shows back up and then goes along for it because she's worried he's gonna kill her yeah which is totally fair that, that absolutely tracks but he gives her five six opportunities to be like you could just go like you don't have to come i want you to come but i want you to want to come otherwise like you're you're good and at no point does she seem like she stopped seeming scared after they left her apartment and they like climbed that really big hill and collapsed yeah. in the field or whatever. <laughs> um, but, like, then when he's like, I want you to want to come, she, like, knees weak, I'm in love, hold me kind of reaction. I'm like, bitch, you just watched him murder a ton of people on the news. Yeah. And he admitted to it. He's like, I don't sell jewelry. Let's go. We're, <laughs> we're going to New Zealand. Right. No. That's bad. You're bad, Amy Brennan. I'm glad he left you at the hotel. Yeah. Uh... Because is she the one who has the line at the beginning where she says, I'm lonely? Like, because they're having a talk where he's like, I'm alone, I'm not lonely. Yeah. And she just fully says it. So maybe there's, I don't know. I've never been that lonely, so I can't speak to (laughs) to what I would do if a mass murderer was chasing me up a hill behind my house, asking me to fly to New Zealand with him. That's why the relationship in the town. Have we both seen the town? Have we all seen the town? I've not seen. The oh, town. you haven't. I, I can't. Have, I have seen the town. Okay, so maybe at some point we can. We'll watch the town. We'll watch the town. <laughs> yeah. He does look handsome. I'll give her that. Yeah. But... Like I understand the surface level aspects of it, but again, second the murderer walks through your door, and you just, just watch the bank. Just heist. a long scream. Yeah. Just, just a long scream. <laughs> just a long scream. Just let out a nice scream. <laughs> Although in the end, she gets the duffel bag full of money, I assume, right? Like, I assume the duffel bag full of money's in the trunk of the car. True. So then, you know. But I feel like they're going to find her. Maybe. But they weren't looking for her. Even, like, even Pacino ran right past her. Completely focused on him. Like, she easily gets away. They have no idea who she is. They don't know that car. Yeah. Right. You know? Probably all right. 
probably doing okay. She's probably fine. Yeah. She's doing graphic design on the side, and she's paid off her, her weird... Uh... She went to New Zealand. Yeah, maybe. She's working for Weta now. <laughs> doing graphic design. Yeah. yeah. Peter Jackson, yeah. Yeah, she did graphic design in all the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. All those posters, Amy Brenneman did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the Ashley Judd one is my favorite one, and I love how even though she agrees to sell him out, she then gives the little Does hand it. gesture, which is so subtle. So perfect. I can't believe they trusted her. Yeah. Uh, and the like the fact that he cut his hair and looked nothing like him. But I don't know. If I pulled that guy over and I saw a pale man who's clearly like not doing well in yeah. the neighborhood of the person that we're looking for, maybe I'd take him in for questioning. Right. Maybe put him in a lineup, you know? Yeah. I know the ID checks out and the vehicle checks out and all that stuff, but like, I don't know, that dude looks like he's about to die. Right, yeah. <laughs> it looks like he's lost a lot of blood. Very pale man. But yeah, that one, that one was my favorite. Because it makes the most sense. It is, they're, they've been through it. She's given him that one last chance. You know, all this other stuff. And it was better than any of the other ones. Like, we don't get any sense of Tom Sizemore's wife and kids. Right. Uh, we didn't get any sense of Danny Trejo's girlfriend or wife or whoever. Uh, which he was a nice surprise in this. Not knowing that going in. But yeah, I didn't. And I like the wife of Al Pacino. Like, that one was fine. Uh, at least made sense. The subplot with Natalie Portman, though. I was about to say, when can we talk shit about Natalie Portman? Right now. Irrelevant. <laughs> get this... Get her out of here. Yeah. yeah. She's just... And right when she showed up and was like, where are my barrettes? I was like, she's gotta fucking go. The blue ones. <laughs> she's gotta fucking go. The yes. blue ones. I cannot. Yeah, the other ones don't match. Like... It doesn't make sense. This movie doesn't understand what a 13-year-old girl would really freak out about. She's not even wearing an outfit that blue barrettes would go with. What is fucking going on? Right. Let's stop the madness. Well, I get it. She's stressed. She's got her own issues that she's no. clearly dealing with. No, Adam. The dad, no. the dad is absentee. She just wants to, you know, maybe she thinks if I'm not ready when dad gets here, he's just going to leave. Right. But again... There's still there's a still a clear misunderstanding of where developmentally a thirteen year old is. Yeah. They don't go my barrette. Yeah. That's that's eight year old. That's yeah. yeah, and and below. Yeah. Um she would just be like it just doesn't make sense. It's so weird. She's either mentioned once, or we basically three times. We see her once at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, the birth. And then there's that point where he's having a conversation with someone saying that, oh, his daughter or stepdaughter is all messed up. And I'm like, she's just looking for her barrettes. Barrettes. Yeah. And then well, we there's... get the scene later on. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, she just got a little messed up. No, yeah. but I mean, like, when she breaks down, like, crying to her mom, being like, I can't find him. Like, clearly that's, there's something else going on behind the scenes. And then, obviously, he's like, does he even know what's going on with his own daughter? Because, like, she's clearly dealing with a lot of emotional stuff. Right. But then when, when she comes... And then we see her at the bus stop or whatever. Where she's just, just, like... It, it just seems like, even though the movie is almost three hours long... Yeah. You could tell there's, like, a seven-hour assembly cut of, like, all of this stuff. Where yeah. more of that is... She's getting, like, tattoos by, like, people at payphones and shit like that. And if this was a series, <laughs> I would totally be fine with you devoting pieces of episodes yeah, 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 to sure. her through line and how maybe her issues are driving a wedge between Pacino and the wife, like how that play is going on. Not in a movie. She doesn't need to be there. Yeah. The shock at the end was like, I was like, oh shit. Like I couldn't believe that she was sitting in the bathtub like bleeding out. Mm -hmm. That was crazy. 
I saw the discoloration on the carpet, but I didn't right. know what that was. I thought maybe De Niro was in there or something like that. Right, I, I was waiting for him to be in the bathroom. Yeah. And the other part to me, the only way this would have made sense as a good inclusion is if her actual dad turned out to be in his crew. Like, just somehow it was a small world scenario Maybe, yeah. of when we were going to find out who the dad is and be like, oh my god, it's Tom Sizemore, you know, something yeah, like yeah. that. Or it's whoever the replacement driver is that we're going to get turns out to be your stepdad. Like, something that brings it all full circle, because otherwise it's just like, why do we keep mentioning the stepdad when it doesn't matter? Like, why do we keep showing Natalie Portman when she doesn't matter? Well, we, again, we don't see her a lot. I think if we showed her one more time, that scene at the end would be, like, a little more impactful for the fact we only see her, like, physically, like, three times in this movie. Yeah. And one of them is the bathtub. Correct. Yeah. And there's no character development there. It's just there isn't. Missing Barrett's girl is probably her name in the credits. Yeah. <laughs> Barrett's and bench and bathtub. Yes. Yeah. Triple B. Yeah, triple B. Yeah. And then, you know, what, what point does that plot serve to get him to maybe reconcile with his wife but which again it. they don't we don't it, but kind there's at least some closure I and guess. sort of like the, that's the moment where she and he sort of look back and reflect like this is who i am i'm always gonna be on the hunt i'm always gonna be because he tries to play the shell game of like well i can't really talk about it because i see all these horrible things whereas right. the scene in the hospital yeah. is him being like no it's because i fucking love it too much yeah and i'll never give it up yeah yeah, but I mean, there's a better way to get there. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah. I don't. I honestly don't even need the scene. Like, he could be single and yeah. have a lot of ex-wives. And yeah. then we can cut out the scene, talk about a lot of close-ups, that uncomfortable scene when we first meet him, which is like a sex scene. Yeah. A lot of, uh, too much of his mouth. Too <laughs> much of his saying. mouth. <laughs> We're inside of his cavities at all times. <laughs> I don't need to be that intimate with Al Pacino. Yeah. Um... And then the Natalie Portman thing, the the whole daughter subplot, his whole family subplot can go. And yeah. maybe it's because that feels so played out mm. at this point. Mm. I mean, it's visceral. Like, the image of her in the bathtub with the red water, you know, gushing is like, yeah. it's intense. And it's a, it's a kind of jump out of your seat a little bit moment in it, but... I'm not as impacted, I think, as they want me to be because I don't care about Natalie Portman's character because she doesn't have a character. It just sidebars and already, like, interesting. We're coming ahead to the story, to the end of the story. Yeah. Why are you throwing this back in? Like, we don't need any more. I'm already, like, a rounding third towards, like, a good movie, and it's just... Yeah. And there's... I don't know. You get, there's you, a barrette on you, the you, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the line. Um, yeah, I just... To me, it's not clear, and I guess not everything has to completely tie in thematically, but it just feels like an extra bit of horror show. Yeah. A similar beat is when, what's his, what's the final bad guy? The, final? the cowboy. Oh, the, the swastika tattoo. Swastika guy. tattoo. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember I don't his remember name his name. I'm trying when to we it when it's like we nowhere or something like that, it's yeah. something silly. Where, or like Waldo. Yeah, it's something like that. Uh, he when we meet him again. Wayne Grow. Wayne Grow. When we meet. See something stupid. Yeah, Wayne Grow. <laughs> when we check in with Wayne Grow again, and he's at the hotel, and he kills the teenage girl. Yeah. Like, I already get this dude is a bad dude. Yeah. And again, 
to do we need to just show Al Pacino leaving his wife once again to go do something so then they can have this fight? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's overkill. And again, it's another subplot that doesn't need, that also doesn't get tied up. Because we're being told at that crime scene that this guy is a serial rapist and murderer. Or at least a serial murderer. Yeah. You know, we don't know how much of the before part was consensual or not. But clearly they had DNA yeah. evidence that they could all tie together from this guy. But, like, nobody knows that at the end. It's just like, oh, he just gets killed at the end, which almost makes De Niro a good guy because he just killed that serial killer. Mm -hmm. Like, way to go. Way to go, Bobby. Awesome job. That should be enough to get you off the hook and not get three in the chest under the airport. (laughs) That's a great sequence, too. Oh, yeah. Oh. Lighting is impeccable in that, especially with the planes and coming and going and the shadow. Yeah, the sound of the of the plane and the light is so intense. Like you wouldn't even hear a gunshot. Nope. It's, the anxiety is yeah yeah outstanding. But yeah, that whole subplot with Wayne Grove is just like I mean, I already know he's a bad guy. He's running with the bank robbers. Like okay, and he shot that cop willy nilly at the beginning in the first heist. Yeah. Although I love that line of you see that stuff coming out of their ears, they can't fucking hear you. Oh yeah, yeah. I like that <laughs> too. Just bleeding from the ears. So that line was great. But yeah, the dude's a loose cannon. We already know it. I knew when he got away at the beginning, he was gonna have some kind of impact later on, whether it was being a rat or being whatever. Which is why I said it's kind of a little bit predictable in that sense, because like obviously he's gonna come back around because he just fucking disappeared. Yeah. There's no way they're just gonna let him go and not have it come back to bite them in the ass. But yeah, it just seems weird that, again, we had the cutaway so Al Pacino can go look at the teenage prostitute who got killed. Yeah. Like, I don't need them to fight. I believe a cop and his wife could have a strained relationship. You know? Like, I don't think 1995 it was groundbreaking to assume that a cop has a tough life, home life, you know? Yeah. Especially not when you say 15 times, like, hey, I've been divorced twice. Like, this is my third marriage. I've been divorced more than once, you know? Like, yeah. This, Several lines about yeah. that. I get it, dude. My number of divorces, greater than one. Yeah. yeah just like... <laughs> I get it. Uh, relationships are not your thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the hunt you're on. It's the criminals. I, I get it. You yeah. don't need to have five scenes explaining it. I also didn't really need the backstory of uh, Dennis Haysbert, like parolee, working at the restaurant. Oh, that just made me sad. Yeah, like... That uh, just made me sad. Um, his girlfriend's yeah. chin quivering at the bar or whatever when she sees his name on the news was like tough but it's like i don't need him trying to get the job at the restaurant and the guy says i'm taking a cut of your pay and you're gonna mop the floors and clean the bathrooms and then her being like just stick it out like we'll find something better like oh yeah he could have just been a guy that they got yeah like i mean I, backup guy. yeah i get that yeah i do like because it just shows on one end how disposable people are in that world and then also you get to see the impact of it. Like, yeah. And, and, a, and done very well because with very little screen time. Yeah. And I mean, had this been a two hour, 20 minute movie, I would yeah. have really, I would have been totally fine with that inclusion because it would have given us that emotional impact at the end. But in a overstuffed movie, it's just another thing that's like, right. Okay. Do we really need the backstory of this guy that's in it for three minutes and then gets shot a bunch of times in the getaway car? Like, not really. You really just could have had Trejo been there or just a fifth guy that, they sometimes bring in or whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. It didn't, I didn't need that as much. Yeah. But it sort of illustrates the hopelessness of... The profession. The the profession and their situation and of, you know, okay, let's say you do get out. 
and you know you've served your time you want to go straight you're still getting fucked hmm. so what sort of options do you have so you have the I'm unwilling to get out and also there's nothing there's nothing else I could do yeah like which you, I think he's like just like a little microcosm of yeah just that like yeah. it doesn't necessarily work out as an ex-con mm-hmm. yeah I mean, like, we, we've seen that in other movies though too I can't really think of it but like the ex-con trying to like do good again and then it's like yeah. this is not me yeah. I can't stand making this type of money. I can't. Yeah, so I got The justice system in itself is never going to afford me an opportunity nearly as lucrative as yeah. what I used to be. Exactly. Yeah, because no job for an ex-con is going to do that ever. Right. Although, I, I mean, granted, he probably wouldn't have been believed, but the first call I would have made that first day would have been to my parole officer and be like, so dude, I just showed up at this job that you hooked me up with, and the dude said he's going to take 25% of my pay for him. Like, that doesn't seem right, does right. it? And he'd be like, no, that does seem weird. Hold on, let me put in a call. Let me find you something else. Yeah. Like, that's not yeah, good. Right. And I'm never going to send anybody to him ever, unless he's also getting a cut. Unless it's also, yeah. how, like, realistically, can you get a hold of that person? Yeah. Are they reachable? Do they give a shit? Probably Are not. you, like, the number one priority? No. Yeah. Do they just want to say, this person has a job? Check? Yeah. Just be like, hey, I did my job. I gave yeah. him a job. I gave him the lead. I don't care, whatever. Yep. He goes back up the river. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I was shocked when he got shot. I guess I, I was and I wasn't at the same time. I'm like, oh my god. Well, it's one of this those. Sucks. Th- yeah. I mean, he was basically a red shirt because it's like he's he hasn't been in it. We haven't really gotten I mean, him shows a backstory. Up Forty minutes in, I was like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw his no. name in the credits too, so I was like, oh, I wonder when he's gonna show up. Like, he's a big enough name. I guess maybe more so now, but yeah. No, he of of the of the people who got into that car, car, I figured at the very least he's getting killed. Yeah, I didn't know who was gonna make it out of that. Half of them did, but I definitely thought he was going down. Yeah, they always aim for the driver first. It's just the way it is. That car got smoked. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this. Speaking of cars getting smoked, I love the spike strips at the beginning. Oh, yeah, where they like put down the spike strip a little bit ahead of the crime scene, so that way when all the cops come, they can't even get to it because all their cars bust out. Like Bird just said, you just love when the shit works, dude. Yeah. I just want to see. I love a seeing successful a, heist. a successful heist. <laughs> so then, just then the next time you can have everything go wrong at once. Yeah, and I love the way that Pacino runs down the first heist to explain why they're so good. Okay, they went for this, which clearly means they they're good with technology, and then they did this, which means that they're prepared, and then they did this, which means that you know they're on top of everything. And then yeah. when they killed these guys, like might as well just kill this third guy with the execution style because who cares? You know, you've already killed a person. You're like, already going to the chair anyways. Yeah, regardless. Like you killed the cop or an armed person. Like might as well. Yeah, just get the next guy. <laughs> That was cool, too, to really give the, the sense of, like, okay, these aren't just small time. These aren't Robin 7-Elevens and liquor stores and, and all that. Right. So we haven't really talked about the acting, per se, but we do, about halfway through the movie, get the very first on-screen meeting between Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, and the lead-up to which is a dynamite piece of score. Like, as he's pulling him over on the highway and, like, walking up to the car, the score is just ramping up yeah, yeah. to, like... This big debut, which I don't know if in 95 people were like, for the first time ever, we got oh, yeah. him and won. Like, if the trailer was just like, Tony Rowe, Pacino. Yeah. yeah. 
But that was great. What did you guys think of the uh, the getting coffee with the enemy scene? Tied for first, I would say, along with the bank heist mm. for best scene in the movie. Yeah, it's really good. That's I always so really fun. enjoyed it. Yeah. Because um, I like the duality of like the meanings between them both believing what they're saying and what they mean. Like, you know, what if I tell you, but I'm going to be walking around that corner and you see me. Like, what are you going to be doing? Yeah. yeah. And shit like that. Because um, they're the same person, just on opposite sides of the law. Like, they're the same coin, just one's heads, one's tails. Yeah. Because they're both in it to win it. Yeah. Gung-ho, doing what they do best, and no one's going to stop them or get in their way, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not even sure if it's more rumor or more of just, like, a fun thing to speculate, but, like, if the roles were switched, like, if the script was given to both of them, and they're like, which which role do you want? Because I think you could have had either or do it. Obviously, the more volatile end of things, the personality of Al Pacino's character is mm. lends to Pacino more, but we've certainly seen movies where De Niro is just losing it, like a total loose cannon, like Raging Bull. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think De Niro could have played both. I don't know if I would have enjoyed Pacino as the criminal. Like, I think if he was playing Neil, it would have been too scattershot. As opposed to like, but like not the same personality. He would have to be like what he is in like the Grandfather Part One, <laughs> where he's just like very chill. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very subdued. calculated, subdued. Yeah, but I, I feel like he would have like been itching to just to scream at someone, be a little bipolar, as it were. That's yeah. what I wonder. Like the performances recently that have been like that. I'm trying to think. The Irishman, you get a little bit of it. There's some yelling. There's some freaking out. Right. But, like, you have, like, in that movie, The Irishman, you have Joe Pesci playing against type, where he's typically playing that hothead in Casino and Goodfellas. Yeah. And he plays another guy who's just, like... Because you've seen Joe Pesci so many times just yeah. lose it with the word, with the language. and uh, But even in this one, too, you had that scene where uh, Robert De Niro is... I forget who he's... Uh, talking to you but it's in the hotel oh it's uh val kilmer's girlfriend Ashley oh Judd. yeah he's... and he's just got the finger out and he's like trying to hold back just you, like you, just you're gonna make it work throwing hangers everywhere <laughs> it doesn't work after this job yeah you can go your separate ways but you're gonna make it work yeah i like that scene a lot yeah. it's great who was that guy what guy shut up who was shut up <laughs> uh, so what yeah. do we think became of chris just gets away scot free, just living his life, or I, I don't know. I kept one. I was like, "Do we not check in with Chris? Do we not find out?" I guess that's no, it. That's yeah, the he final. Just, he just rides off into the sunset. I think I've, I think I've read like interviews where Val Kilmer addresses it, or I've been on like message mm-hmm. boards where people sort of speculate about what happens. But it's fun to think about. It is fun to think about. I want to think he got away. That at least someone gets a happy ending, but. Yeah, He's I mean, probably dead if Jeremy Piven's your doctor. Like, yeah. He's on the take. <laughs> Although he gets to rest for way longer than the seven hours he thought now. Just go find a hideout and... All right, get a haircut. He might have a duffel bag full of money, too. Because he still had his as he was getting right. carried away. I love when they initially get into the bank, or he gets into the vault, and it's like, 
he's not gonna have a bag big enough for that. And he just like oh yeah, because he's unfolds his bag and like, flips it open. It's like this dude has been around the block a bit. Yeah, because yeah. he just has like an attaché case. Yeah, that he opens up and then whips a duffel bag. out. Another of bag out. Yeah. yeah, it's like a Kleenex. The best. <laughs> the best was that the the opening for the bag completely is able to go. That, that's over what I mean. It's perfect size for over the stack of money, which he then flips over, and then to get the zipper closed, he just cuts the like packaging around it. A little so bit. He can yeah. Ruffle it a bit, and then boom. Zip done. We're out of here. Oh, yeah, and then when he's walking out smiling, thinking they're all good, and then the the, the bus moves out of the way, and the cops are there with fully automatic weapons. Ugh. Great scene. Devastating. It is devastating. Ugh, it just. If he hadn't started shooting, I bet they could have gotten away. Like if he just hopped in the car and they just drove off, I think they had enough of a lead time to be able to get away. Because him stopping to shoot allowed Pacino and the heavily armed cops to get closer. Yeah. I don't know what the blockade situation would have been like. They might have ran into it eventually, but yeah. just get in the car, man. That's your fastest escape plan. Like, you probably got too many cops to deal with. Damn. But then he gets a nice <laughs> fresh damn. haircut. Damn. Nice fresh haircut. New new yeah. identity. It's yeah. like a little, little bit of a dye job as well. Right. What do you ask that guy playing basketball? We're gonna get a sandwich or something. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he enjoyed that sandwich. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he gets a sandwich. That L.A. hoagie. I mean, ultimately, you know what's going to happen. He went. He probably drove straight to Vegas and blew all that money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, OD'd true. on something. True. Yeah. Right. He's got a gambling problem. That's yeah. true. That is what it is. Now, I didn't ask you before, but have you seen like other heist movies? Well, obviously, we talk about The Town. You haven't seen The Town, but have you seen... I haven't seen The Town. not seen Inside Man. I've seen Point Break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clearly. You've seen like The Italian Job. Italian no. Either Italian job. Not Never yet. seen either. Okay. Ant Man's a great heist movie. <laughs> <laughs> One of those superhero movies in a different right. genre. We first Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven. Okay. Yep. I saw the Frank Sinatra one, which is bad. I never saw any Clooney. Oh, interesting. Ones. I've seen Ocean's Eight though. <laughs> the the all female Ocean's. Oh, like, okay, got it. Side quote. Got it. Danny's sister, I think, is what that movie's about. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so I've seen that one. Yeah. I do. It is on the list, but I don't think either of us have seen it, but Dog Day Afternoon with Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be excellent. No, I really like The Town a lot, though. It's a really good The movie. Town is really good. When we, at some point, because it'd be cool to sort of have Bridget compare, because it, that movie owes a ton to this movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- so many, dude. Like that opening scene, like, and I, th- I think Nolan has talked about how influential oh, this movie has been on, on him. the Dark Knight, particularly. Dark oh yeah, Knight. that oh, chapter, yeah. Fickner. Fickner. Yeah, I was literally like, yeah. I was like, here we go. Fickner yeah. being a money man in a heist. Right. Yeah. Yep. No, I get it. Um. But yeah, the opening of Dark Knight is right out of this. It's right out of there, and there's even like nice quiet shots where there's like helicopters, flyovers of a city, and it's just like this quiet, like violin or whatever. That happens in this movie with like the van scene where they kind of like trading looks. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, stuff like that that Nolan borrowed from this movie for sure. Yeah, I mean I get it. It's, yeah, it's a good movie. And again, al- al- allowing the sound editing and the sound mixing to drive the movie opposed to a score that says, "Yeah, hey, this is intense." Like, just no, you don't need one. Yeah, I mean we get moments like that, like the lead up to the meeting of De Niro Pacino, the. The sexy interlude when he meets, when he's like having a drink with Amy Brenneman after right. being a real asshole to her at the diner. Yeah, yeah. Mind your business. Listen, lady, what's your idea with why I'm reading and what I'm doing? Why don't you mind your business? 
That's great. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've seen you at the bookstore that I work at. I'm sorry. It's like, ah, I didn't recognize you. Let me sidle up to you. Or even when they beat yeah. Wayne Grove or whatever the fuck his name is in the beginning and that one guy's looking over and Sizemore just like... Oh, that's a great look. Yeah. yeah keep eating your fucking bagel and locks or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Dump a piece of pie down that pie. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah, they did do a lot of hanging out together for guys who just pulled off a heist. Even after they knew they got made. Which I loved that scene of them figuring out that they... Like, the cops were definitely on them. And then turning the tables on the cops and Pacino finding out that they've been made. Like, yeah. I love that whole sequence. Yeah. But, like, maybe take a break, guys. Like, maybe lay low for a couple of days and, like, don't hang out with all of your peeps. Yeah. <laughs> are you you talking about immediately after that first heist at the diner? Or are you talking well, like, about... The, immediately and after like, the heist, like, they're at the diner. They're at, like... A nice dinner. Yeah, they go oh, to yeah, nice dinner nice together. Dinner, like, yeah. they hang out together a lot for people who probably should be laying low for a little bit. Right. Because I really do like that in the big, like, basically, like, the day before, like, it goes down, they're like, we have all this heat on us, and yeah. they're like, no, like, I can't, like, I've already too much invested in this, like, fuck it, we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I get why. And they're, they're all joking, they're like, I guess we're doing this fucking thing. Like, yeah. Why not? I get them going for it at the end, because, you know, the score is, is worth it to set them up for life, essentially. Yeah. Because it was, what, 12 million, they said, and then. Even when you take ten percent out for the guy in the wheelchair and then split it four ways, like it's a pretty, yeah, pretty darn good score. Uh, maybe some of it goes to John Voight for getting them to hook up. I like how John Voight answers phones in this movie. He's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what can I do you for? It's like that guy could do a ton of things for those guys. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, new identities, new outs, all unlimited resources. Yeah, I don't even know where he, he's, he's in some like shady ass like bar. Yeah, he like runs a bar. Or yeah, club or something. Yeah. Speaking of which, I loved Al Pacino's interaction with Tone Loke and that other guy. Oh yeah. Where he's like, "Hey man, I got you need to take care of these people hawking Porsches so I can do my business, but I I got to lead on a guy who said he's not doing anything." That means he's doing something. <laughs> and Al Pacino's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Are you wasting my time? You come, got me coming down here at two thirty in the morning to some underground club in Koreatown. Like, what's right. wrong with you? Got some guy who says he's not doing anything, which means he is. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and only because he says slick or slim or whatever that he's like, all right, yeah, give me more. What's yeah. this guy who says slick look like? He's six foot and he's got a tattoo. I don't know. He's in prison. Like, thank you, man. This has been a real big. Help. Yeah. Only other movie I've seen him in is Ace Ventura. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's the, he's the cop in Ace Ventura. So yeah. he's on both sides of the law. Right, you know, right, right. Between 94 and 95. <laughs> yeah, this this movie definitely has, like, the best, like, amount of, like, third, fourth line actors in this. Like, it just, you have, like, Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria. Have... Doing a great scumbag. Yeah. Oh man, he gets his when he they get back to like the safe house with his, you know, the girlfriend of yeah. uh, Val Kilmer, and he's just like he doesn't even want to be with her anymore because he's mixed up in all this now, and you know he's got his own problems. He's got that Warren in New Jersey he's worried about, which yeah. hopefully he'll get clear. And she's just like not having. It. He's like, I don't give a shit. Like I'm not getting her a drink. And the cops like, listen, piece of shit. Like, <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> right. You can fix her a drink, and you better stay in there. <laughs> Yeah, I don't wanna. <laughs> no offense to Hank Azaria, but Ashley Judd, what are you doing? Right, scumbag yeah. after scumbag, bank robber, cigarette runner. I know. She just picks him poorly. Yeah. But 
Val Kilmer has cheekbones that could cut a diamond in this movie. Yeah, yeah, he's got quite he's the got jawline. Like... He's got long, he, he, he basically went on to do Batman right after that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because Batman's ninety. Batman might five? be ninety-five. Might be the same year, maybe. Yeah. Because I know, like, Batman and Robin was 97, so yeah, it probably would have been. Because every time I see that smile, I think about that Batman paycheck. He's like, he's really... <laughs> so just think about that Batman paycheck. Yeah, Batman Forever. It's listed above or below Heat in terms of, like, oldest. Yeah. So I think okay. it came out before Heat did, but in 95. Right. Yeah, big year for Kilmer. Batman and Bank Heist. Again, both sides of the law. Right. Both sides. <laughs> You gotta hear both sides. You yeah, gotta exactly. play both sides. No, but he's great in this movie. Pacino was over the top a little bit. We got the great ass, and then yeah, yeah. the shakedown at the car lot or whatever when he sets up the interview with Tone Lowe. Right. He was a little animated. They're like, "Tell me what I want. Tell me, 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 tell me." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, to calm down. <laughs> yeah, because I can't tell him like, like what? Because he does seem like he's from a different planet a little bit. Yeah. Anytime he's in that mode. I'm like, everyone else's interaction with him seems so weird. Like, they're anthropologists, like, interacting with him in some way. Like, this is just what you say to him. And Yeah. He did. In, in Pacino's culture, <laughs> you just bow yeah. your head down. Um, <laughs> Don't look him directly in the eye. But then there are other moments that yeah. he seems... He did. He life. did say, and I think it is in the Wikipedia article and some other shit. But like that, he had said that he thought his character was like on cocaine. I was just so going to say, like, leave the cocaine in the evidence locker, dude. Like, yeah, that that yeah. at some point in the scripting, like Michael Mann just had that in there that he was had a cocaine habit on the side, and then cut the habit out, or at least the screen time of the habit, mm-hmm. but left all the residual okay. emotions and repercussions of the drug. Got it. Okay. So that's why maybe sometimes he's fairly sane yeah, and we level. Yeah, that's something... And then he's sort of bouncing off the walls at some point. Cut the barrettes, add the bumps. That yeah. would have maybe I added a level yeah. of realism. I laughed at it again because I always forget about it, but my favorite like scene in It's So Small is when he turns on the faucet, then turns it off. It's like, I've been there, bud. Yeah. I've been... Well, it's like, because that's how you start cleaning the kitchen, and that's exactly how you end it. Yeah. <laughs> or you stop doing it. Yeah. Like, he like turns shutting it on, off the faucet. He turns it on to focus on, like, all right, I just can't think about this. I just gotta, or I'm just gonna clean the dishes. It's right. Like, no, you know what? No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, that just leaves. I'm just angry. Yeah. I love the line, too, when he's like, sorry, I should have told you that I was just watching, like, a girl get murdered, or somebody puts their baby in a microwave. Uh, so I'm sorry if the chicken's overcooked. And he's like holding a drumstick. Oh, no, yeah, just like <laughs> the... waving a drumstick. And then just like puts it on the table and goes, ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's such a great little frame. Yeah, little he... tube TV and the chicken and the scot, yeah. the whiskey. Baby in a microwave because it wouldn't stop crying. My goodness. Ellie's fucked up, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone microwave their baby? I feel like I was watching something else recently that had a baby... In a microwave. True Detective, True Detective had, it, has had it, it. The sequence work because that's where he quits the force. That's when Marty quits. No, there was something else too where I recently saw, and it wasn't that. I don't remember what it was. I feel like it was like a, like a Law and Order episode or something. Like I feel like it was Christopher oh. Maloney. It was like 
walking out being like, I just saw a baby get microwaved. Yeah. I'm going to Google baby microwave. And see ice tea. Oh, like, you're telling me. <laughs> Say in television. Yeah. A real life 2008 story. Yeah. Because it takes very little verbiage to oh, talk about something so shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I see two examples in different states, so. It's a, it's a thing. It's yeah. a thing. Okay. Is there something like that in Seven? They're like um, walking I mean, through the apartment and there's like a baby in a... I can't keep track of the gross things in Seven. Yeah, that's yeah. Outside the murders. Yeah. No, I don't think there's any children involved in the Seven one. I'll have to, I'll have to do more Googling. Just gimps with knives and shit like that. That is <laughs> horrific. Apparently, uh, De Niro and Pacino were the first picks for this, so we don't have any what-if style casting other than what if they switched roles. Yeah. Um, there is, uh, coming out later this year, so maybe we should have saved this until August, but there is a prequel-sequel novel slated to come out in, Octo- in August of 2022. So, that's it's uh, it's being written as part of Michael Mann books, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, in, uh, in 2020, 25 years after the film's release, Michael Mann stated the novel would be both a prequel and a sequel to the film's main events. And in January, the novel was finally revealed to be a co-collaboration between Mann and writer Meg Gardner, with a release date scheduled for August 2022. So, any interest in a prequel slash sequel novel, Bridget? No. Johnny? <laughs> no. It's, it sounds interesting. It's kind of like what Tarantino's starting to write shit now in b- books or whatever. Like, that's fine. Yeah, cool. I mean, we might be able to see what happens to Chris, so that might be interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, apparently this also is kind of based on a true-ish story. Like, the character of Neil is based on kind of like a real person from the 60s, so not a oh, really? a 90s thing. Uh, yeah, the Heat is based on the true story of Neil McCauley, a calculating criminal and ex-Alcatraz inmate who was tracked down by Detective Chuck Adamson in 1964. So they use bolt cutters and drills to burgle manufacturing companies, uh, which is what the like the heist that they don't finish is kind of about. Right. Yeah. So and then Adamson is who Pacino's character is essentially based on. Um, so that's kind of uh, and they even met for coffee, just like portrayed in the film. Oh. So somewhat true to life, though not obviously a nineteen yeah. nineties big bank style automatic rifle heist, but right. Calculating criminals, cops tracking them down, face-to-face coffee meetups, you know. But yeah, you can kind of see too is that uh, people, I guess, maybe a little let down because they saw the two big names and there just maybe wasn't as much screen time as you would lead to think. Yeah, I mean, me knowing that trivia question of this is the first time they were on screen together did make me think we'd get more of them together. Like, I honestly thought going in that Pacino and De Niro would both be the criminals, like, they would be on a heist team together. Right. But, I I mean, all their screen time is great. It is, So yeah. I don't even mind that there's not a lot Very of it. Very little of it. Because I think it's better because it's not as much. Yeah. Right. Because I think with that stupid movie, Righteous Kill, mm. which I haven't seen, but I'm calling it stupid. Yeah. Because you didn't open it. It didn't, <laughs> didn't drive you it. enough to open exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That, that, is, cover that is, like, two cops that are, like, detectives together. Yeah. Which like I would Which I would mind the seeing whole, a yeah, movie yeah. with them like that where they spend a bulk of the time together, but I don't have any more. Yeah, here uh, it, it it works their limited screen time because yeah. it's so exciting to see, 
and because the buildup is good yeah. and there are opposing forces and that makes for an interesting right because i'm thinking like oh are they gonna like are the cops out there at the coffee shop like are they gonna pinch him right here and pick yeah. him up like what's gonna happen um so yeah i was i was down for their interactions but yeah i could see depending on how it was marketed i could very much see this being like a oh you told me this was like a juggernaut blockbuster of you know great king congress godzilla yeah, yeah. exactly but I, it ended up just being like Sleepless in Seattle, where they don't meet until <laughs> the very end. <laughs> yeah, this movie and Sleepless in Seattle are basically the same yeah. movie. This would be the the boy movie that came out this the same is, weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it is also insane to think about these movies are two years apart. Are you saying because one feels a lot... You, one feels... More contemporary than the other? Or? Yes, and Heat, I would say, feels more contemporary. Yeah, because Sleepless in Seattle feels like an 80s movie. Yeah. But every now and again, like, the soundtrack reminds you, it's like, this is of his time. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Soundtrack's good, though. It's great. Yes, it is. Cool. Well, anything else that you guys want to go over? Any other final thoughts? Yeah, again, I just, I want to love this movie, and I admire lots of scenes in it, and I ever find that if I'm in the mood to enjoy this movie in any way, it's of YouTube clips, it's of the mm-hmm. main set piece, it's of the one in the beginning the airport showdown or the diner scene, like those are the ones that really stand out to me or even like the the scene where the surveillance scene is really great. Yeah. But like that is like half an hour, yeah. 45 minutes of a three hour movie. So it's just, it's a lot. And it's good. It's just, it's kind of exhausting. This feels like a movie that would be great for like when you're doing chores to be on in the background. So you could pause every now and again to like watch the really good scenes. Like, Oh, I'm making dinner or I'm cleaning the house and it's like, oh, I'll turn the vacuum off because it's the coffee scene. Or like, oh, this is my break, my 20 minute break in the middle of chores. I'll watch the bank heist scene. Like this seems like a thing you just have on in the background so that way you can pay attention when you want to and then kind of skip all the melodrama. Yeah, or if it was like about. an eight episode miniseries or something like yeah. that and you fleshed out, but it's somewhere in the middle. This almost was a TV show before it was a movie. Like this was, uh, where did I just read that? It was, in 79, Man wrote a 180-page draft of Heat, uh, and then trimmed that down to 90 minutes to make a pilot for an NBC LAPD robbery homicide television show, and so basically it was a third of the original length of the script and omitted a lot of the subplots, but the network didn't like the main actor, uh, and they asked him to recast. He declined recasting the main role. Uh, and then they just aired the pilot, uh, and then that was it. And then it just never went forward from there because they didn't want to recast. So they just, it basically got put out as a TV movie called L.A. Takedown. So I'd be interested to see what the 90-minute version looks like. Obviously, the caliber of acting wouldn't be the same. It's gone, yeah. Um, And I assume, I don't know, I assuming man directed it, but I don't know you know, what that would look, but I'd be interested to see having talked so much about how this would be maybe better if it was leaner, a half an hour shorter. What if it was half the length? What would we, what would that look like? Right. Um, so it'd be kind of interesting to see, but I don't, again, I don't know that I'd seek out a, a TV movie from 1989. Yeah. Cause it also wouldn't have the budget. It wouldn't have the sound design. It wouldn't have a lot of the other elements that make this a really good movie. Right. Right. What about you, Bridget? Any final thoughts? I'm going to go home, and I'm going to watch the heist scene. Probably the diner scene. 
probably never watch the final scene ever again because I really wanted Neil to get on that plane yeah. and quit dicking around. But I loved it. It was great. Good. Adam? Yeah, I mean, I, I really liked it. Again, it was just a, a hair too long. But, you know, I was I was invested. I liked all the characters. Even the ending where I'm like, yeah, get on the plane, dude. Like, you said you're home free. Like, just let that go. Or come back and get him later. Like, you know he's going to be gangbanging forever. Like, you know he's going right. to be a criminal. Like, Chris made it out. Like, give him a call from New Zealand and get him on the horn. Like, you've got your criminal network. John Boyd could probably tell you where this guy's at six months from now. Like, just get on the plane. Yeah. Go with Amy Brenneman to New Zealand and, and just have a grand old time. And if if the lifestyle calls you back, so be it. But, like, right. give yourself the chance to get out. But I like the the showdown. I love the him waiting for the plane light to come on, thinking he's got the upper hand, and then he gets three in the chest. All good stuff. Score is great. Soundtrack's great. Sound design's great. Uh, it's, just, it's just too long. Yeah, it's too long. Yeah. So, I, again, I don't think I'd watch it either, unless it was something where... Maybe on TV where it's cut down to two hours, you know, and they take some of the stuff out and you get to see some of the cool things, but right, yeah, probably wouldn't watch it again. But also wouldn't tell people not to watch it either. Be like, listen, just know you're going in for three hours and be okay with that. Like, yeah. psych yourself up, grab a bowl of popcorn and go for it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it then for this week's episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine, I'll Watch It every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, You can also rate and review the show both in-app on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So if you could leave a five-star review, we would greatly appreciate that as we greatly appreciate all of our listeners uh, who tune in each and every week. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you think of the movie Heat What are your favorite De Niro movies, Pacino movies? Do you like any other Michael Mann films? Have you ever seen the TV movie L.A. Takedown? And will you be picking up the prequel sequel novel coming out later this year? Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. But once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And thanks so much for listening.